God. I just felt it ferment. Ooh, let me feel. Have you thought about what to name it? I was thinking Bender Brow if it's an ale, Blotweiser if it's a lager. I hope it's a lager so I can take it to a ball game. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 12, The Root of All Evil. Now, Ben, I I noticed that you've been kind of taking glances at the wheelbarrow of money I've wheeled into your apartment. I was wondering about that, yes. Well, uh, I have taken over control of Back to the Futurama Enterprises, because as a tax dodge three years ago, you you pronounced yourself legally dead. (laughs) The worst part is that tax dodge didn't even work. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but there will be some changes around here. All right. uh, Starting with what? I haven't thought of them yet, but once you once there will be, you'll be the first to know. Okay. Uh, question one. <laughs> okay. Question one: How casual are casual Fridays? Uh, how, how casual would you describe No Pants Fridays? Not casual enough. Okay, I see. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to be strict on this one, though. We're gonna stop at the No Pants and No Nothing Further. You're talking to a guy who rode his bike naked through the city streets of Portland. But not on a casual Friday, you didn't. It was an extremely casual Saturday. But it's a Saturday. It's not company time. Fine. (laughs) At Back to the Future Enterprises, we demand shirts. That's it. Just shirts. No shirts. Everything else is fine. Yeah. Okay. We're we're pretty laissez-faire, but like mostly we just want the shirt. Do you have a follow-up? Or a second question to ask. I will down the line. I gotta oh, I think see. of some more questions. I see. You got, you got, this is all such a new, such a new thing for both of us, really, that we have to figure out. I'm hitting the important ones first. Casual Fridays. Uh-huh. What else is there? So, anyways, we should probably get to the episode since now it's the success or failure rides entirely upon you, seeing it's as true. how it is now your enterprise. <laughs> I, I will also say that I'm increasing paid time off, but only for me. Son of a... Okay. So, <laughs> we started this episode out at the 7 to the 11th. Uh, Bender and Fry are going to get beer. A good endeavor, for sure. Uh, Fry suggests lowbrow, because it has umlauts. Uh, but Bender suggests pl- Pabst Blue Robot. Fry doesn't want that because the metal shavings cut up his throat. There are some other options that they could be enjoying. Um, Old Fortran, Klein's beer. There comes in a Klein bottle. It sure does. St. Pauli Exclusion Principle Girl beer. And uh, Sam Adams' head Boston lager. Now, the problem with bringing up the fact that it is a Klein bottle that the Klein beer comes mm-hmm. in is that how do you orally explain... I, I think this is, bottle. it's, well, I, I did go to Wikipedia, okay. so I did see that it is a non-orientatable surface, like a Mobius strip. Past that, 
good luck. It's like a bottle that kind of goes into itself at the bottom, but then becomes the bottle again. I just like how you actually looked that up on Wikipedia beforehand, because I wasn't setting you up for that. It's okay. <laughs> I accept that. I, 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 I didn't want to look like an, a dummy on the podcast, Ben. Wait. It is your podcast now. See, exactly. So. Now that I've wheeled the money in, I have to be the uh, intellectual weight of the podcast? That doesn't sound right at all. Leela suggests that instead of arguing over what sort of beer to buy, they should just brew their own beer. Bender didn't realize you could do such a thing, and his head kind of springs off with excitement. Now, my biggest question here is, if you're having trouble, if, so you're with a group of friends, and you're having trouble deciding what kind of beer you should purchase with your money, how is making your own beer going to help? Because all of a sudden, an entire world of different beers opens up to you. Well, that's not... Well, first off, I have other questions, but I'll get to that in a minute. Most of the jokes around the beer kind of like make it out to be like it's unknown until it comes out. But that's for not... very specific purpose. But if we're going for the realistic version of brewing a beer, you know what beer you want to brew before you do all the stuff. Oh, yeah. You do tons of research. Like mm-hmm. I have friends who have made their own beer and the amount of research they go into in order to figure out exactly what kind of beer they want mm-hmm. is insane. So this seems like a flawed premise on Leela's part i might be jumping ahead but when they combine everything they just pour everything into the robot and then it just becomes beer over time so let's not say that they thought a whole bunch about it my thought with regarding the beer is that they wanted beer now so they decide they'd brew some <laughs> and brewing is not an instantaneous uh uh endeavor in no, fact that's there's true. a weak time skip in the episode <laughs> They do leave the 7th to the 11th without any beer to speak of. So It's a travesty. You you both buy beer and then also brew it. You do both. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Fair points all around. So We're just so smart when we're talking about beer. It's one of the few <laughs> things that we know about. And spoiler, Futurama is not one of those things. No, actually, I'd say we have a pretty good Futurama knowledge. Podcasting about Futurama. There it is. That's more accurate. Yeah. Um, You run a really crappy ship around here, Mike. Hey, I just came in with the wheelbarrow money today, and it takes time to improve these things. Uh, Back at Planet Express, Dwight, who I think this is the first time we've seen Dwight. uh, I think Hermes' son. Yeah. Like, I think so. I'm not exactly sure. We might want to check the info sphere. Yeah, I'm going to double check this before the internet tells me I'm wrong. Because I had assumed he had shown up before. But I, I, again, may be wrong. Oh, yeah, no, this is the first time he shows up. Huh. Well, Um, good for him. So, yeah, the first time that we see Dwight, he's Hermes' son. And he and Qbert are being chewed out by their parents about getting expelled from boarding school. Before, uh... Hermes and Professor can go too far. La Barbara suggests letting the kids explain themselves. The well, so the cool thing I think is that in the future, you can just put a letter into a VCR and then it plays the letter, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Because Dwight puts the the letter into this VCR, and we see this recap of basically this bully who is a blob tosses a, their a gel- lunch, a gelatinous blob, a gelatinous blob, and horrible maybe maybe not that's up to debate well that's his dad 
Sorry, spoiler alert. So, anyways, this bully takes their lunch and throws it in this black hole that they're making in science class, which is a pretty cool science uh, lesson, I think. Yeah, it, it. they say, you've compressed our lunches to a singularity for the last time. Back in my day, we <laughs> only dissected frogs, mm-hmm. and that was about it. We didn't do anything cool like make black holes. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything as cool as a black hole that I did in my science classes, and I'm coming up with a no. The chemistry class did tie-dye t-shirts at my high school. See, that's pretty cool. Um, That is how you can spot a nerd at a distance of 100 yards, is uh, (laughs) seeing a whole bunch of kids wearing tie-dye t-shirts in a school where the chemistry class makes tie-dye t-shirts. Um. Oh, you continued wearing the shirt. It's been four years. I don't want to tell you how long I wore those tie-dye t-shirts. Anyways, I think so... we've broached the topic at this point. Are we Are we talking... Just give me the scale. Decades? No, not decades. Okay. We do get a good line from Dwight when, when the blob, uh, Brett Blob, throws his lunch into the black hole because Dwight, just like his father, goes, my manwich. This whole family eats, it just loves those manwiches. The manwich doesn't fall far from the manwich tree, as it turns out. Don't want to think about that tree whatsoever. <laughs> so. Good. Goodness. Uh, so, yeah, basically, we've spent forever on this uh, flashback of them getting kicked out. Basically, mm-hmm. they... Uh, they take some salt and like this shaker of salt that they have right there and just salt him with it and then he melts. Yeah, he kind of liquefies a little bit. And that's why they got expelled from boarding school. It's at this point that the professor and Hermes decide to just pawn their children off onto the rest of the Planet Express crew saying, I'm sure you won't mind being their legal guardians for a month and then run off. <laughs> They're just like, I don't want to deal with them. You you, you three that are all making beer, I don't want to deal with it. During this scene, they are starting the process of making their own beer. Uh, they have their ingredients, which is just two ingredients. Hops. Malt and hops. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, they oh, have a yeast. B- they throw in the yeast. Well, that's li- they, they basically put in the whole big gallon bucket of water plus the malt and the hops, and they have... Uh, into bender who is the tub for this beer brewing experience and he yeah he sits up on a burner and uh and lets the uh the beer boil and then they put they funnel in some yeast through his head Mm -hmm. and he immediately gets really sentimental about the idea of having a living thing inside of him he sure does and spoiler but the entire rest of this plot arc is bender basically being pregnant Yes. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's true. That's there's not much else to this one. Do you need much else to it though? I mean, it's funny. Doesn't really have any meaningful outcome whatsoever. It's a fun B plot though. It's true. It's fun. It's goofy and it gives you Bender like knitting some beer bottle koozies and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's got some good stuff. It also just made me really want to beer the whole time, mm-hmm. but you know, that's me. And me. So Kubert goes and finds the professor after uh, being pawned off on the crew. Uh, the crew have, does not care. Um, so they go. Kubert uh, goes and finds the professor, 
and he's working on an invention, a device <laughs> that lets anyone sound like the professor. And boy, howdy, if you found if you found Chekhov's gun, we found it. This is the worst idea <laughs> for an invention ever. It's it's not it's not even good. Like his reasoning for it is terrible. It's like so everyone will give their give their orders in my glorious voice. It's like no. It's just it's the worst. And it's just it's literally only there because it's funny. Oh no, it is a, it's a very funny. <laughs> it's a very funny invention. But can you imagine ever existing in a world where you're like, you know what the world needs more of? People who sound exactly like me and can impersonate <laughs> me over the telephone device. I mean, at at this point, do you even need to have the same voice to impersonate somebody? I say no. I'm going to slowly make a mic soundboard out of all oh of the boy. Back to the Futurama recordings. I've done this I I've done this to myself by doing this podcast. <laughs> I've given Ben this wonderful opportunity to steal my identity, which is great. I need it to get my company back. <laughs> And, and lo and behold, we have found the ending to this this uh, this podcast plot. Who knew that this episode had a C plot, which is about the podcasters talking about this episode? Very meta. <laughs> and I'm impressed that the writers managed to throw that ball from all the way back in like the early 2000s and hit that Hail Mary right in 2017. Good job, Futurama writers. They're so very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so yeah, the um, uh, I just wrote down that the kids keep getting into mischief. Like they go and bug Hermes for a bit and mess with a power uh, stamper that stamps everything tax exempt. Yeah, and Hermes has to go one by one and stamp it with void, including his own head. So the kids pretend to be the professor. They use this device that the professor invented and they call the crew on Leela's arm thingy mm -hmm. and say, I've got this mission for you. You need to go deliver a pizza to Dog Do 8. It's a planet on the edge of the universe. They also, in the professor's voice, uh, like insult the professor and also the crew. Um, this doesn't seem to trigger any warning signs. Well, and my favorite bit is that because they're both talking into this device, there's a moment right at the end of the call where they're both laughing. And so it's two professors laughing at the same time <laughs> in the audio. And nobody questions it. Not a question at all. They go ahead and try to deliver this pizza. A week later, they return. They come up and they, they yell at the professor. Your rotten kid sent us on this ridiculous mission. Because they sent the address was on Dogdo eight, but the universe ends right after Dogdo seven. I I just love the uh, the naming conventions of those planets at the end of the universe, where it's like, man, we don't have any other like we uh, this Dogdo. I mean, we already have a Dogdo, so two, I guess, and then through seven. Right. I mean, like you hit the point where you just run out of names, and like you can't name a planet Bob. So I, I disagree. I think if you can name a planet Dog Do Seven, you can name a planet Bob. The kids are like, "Well, it's your idiot crew who went on an obvious fake mission." And then at this point, Qbert also says, "And they're making bootleg beer inside company property." <laughs> 
And the professor sticks up for Bender, like, Bender doing something. He, he literally says, accusing gentle Bender of a misdeed. <laughs> gentle Bender. Which has to be the biggest swing and a miss. <laughs> like, just completely over his head. Oh, Professor. And the, and the fact is, Professor continually gets, like, taken on Bender's schemes anyway. Like, he's the rube. I, I just love it. It's a pretty good joke. Um, So Hermes and Professor, you know, like, I guess we're going to have to lay out some discipline. And then they tell him to go get jobs. Bender was expecting some violence. And he's like, if you want some kids beaten, I guess you have to do it yourself. Ben's favorite character. I <laughs> I will repeatedly point out I do not defend anything that he does. He's just a fun character. Fair. Who does a lot of bad things. Yo, wait, accusing gentle Bender of a misdeed? <laughs> okay, fair enough. F- fair. Fair. Uh, I will let the audience decide. I don't know what they're deciding, but, you know, I figured they should have that, that autonomy. I mean, we did get another uh, Zoidberg is the best tweet. It's true. Just he is. like 20 minutes ago. Ooh, fresh. Yeah, it's fresh right off that hot Twitter presses and... Breaking breaking Twitter news. They included a little Zoidberg emoji too. It was like a little ASCII art Zoidberg. That probably came in while I was driving here, so I'll have to check that out. It was pretty great. Yeah, so I think Twitter's already spoken about um, Bender versus Zoidberg, sadly. I would like to thank everyone that's on Team Zoidberg uh, for this uh, decisive victory and... Together, may we reign for, for a long time. Team Bender, where are you at? Anyways. We, um, we will crush the offending Team Bender troops and prosperity and peace throughout the lands. The kids uh, are told to get a job, and so they decide to start their own business, uh, which they unveil to their parents as awesome express delivery company it's a competing delivery company uh hermes and the professor smash their sign (laughs) like who's gonna use a delivery service with a kicked sign no one that's who uh they already had a a client lined up uh the daily supernova so it's really just a paper route also on the kicked sign delivery company thing like if i walked into a ups and their sign was kicked I've gotten a lot of beat up packages from UPS. I'm going to be like, sounds about right, actually. Yeah, that's true. And then continue to use them because I have no other choices. Mm -hmm. So I think the professor is wrong on this one. Fair enough. I I would like to say that they're doing a really good branding exercise on this paper route. They have a logo. They Mm -hmm. have, you know... You know, a logo with like flames and on a, it and a co- a good color scheme red and red and yellow i can't think of an of a c- delivery company that has that none whatsoever none at all they also get an interstellar delivery craft through the back of a like comic book yeah and it yeah. costs them 25 cents it takes four to six seconds for delivery the future sounds pretty rad it does actually sound really cool um and then I mean, they they do assemble it, and it basically turns out to be sort of like a a little red wagon almost with, like, uh, bike pedals. But it still flies. It goes to space. They still literally use it to go to... They go past the moon with this thing. I don't care how funny I look 
writing yeah, one yeah. of these things, I want one. I think it would be pretty cool. Like all they have to do is like put on a space helmet. That's it. That's all they have to do. The future is awesome. It's true. We go back to the B plot, the beer plot, if you will. Um, <laughs> Bender is getting uh, kind of big from the beer mm-hmm. expanding inside him. Um, and <laughs> he's like, oh, I just felt it ferment. And everybody like... Everyone <laughs> goes over and like rubs it, like feels it. It's just... Uh, Lelis asks what he's going to name it. It, he's going to name it Bender Brow if it's an ale, Botweiser if it's a lager. Fry then hopes it's a lager so he can take it to a ball game. <laughs> uh, the just blatant, like... It's it's becoming more and more blatant as it goes on. Yeah, yeah. the blatant, like, pregnancy... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, metaphor. Metaphor. I just love it so much. Yeah, it it, de- it definitely st- doesn't start off blatant, and then it just goes straight to to being <laughs> incredibly blatant, and it it is pretty funny. Uh, we get sort of a delivering paper montage uh, after a quick exchange with the professor and Hermes and their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, including a cheek seeker uh, kiss that is blown by the professor. Yeah, the whole time the professor and Hermes are just like, uh, like th- first of all, they're the ones who said. You need to get jobs. Mm-hmm. And then at, they belittle the kids like at every turn where they're just like, oh, you've got yourself a, a whittle delivery company. I mean, they're kind of jerks the entire time. Oh, they're absolutely jerks the entire time. So we get this little delivering paper montage where they are delivering papers in this weird neighborhood that's built on like asteroids. Yeah, it's Maple Craters, an exclusive field of planetary debris. Uh, my only real notes about it is that uh, there's a great part where they're being chased by a dog, and then that the, the like, dog also has a helmet on it, which is hilarious. Well, I mean, it's in and space, th- and I believe it has a thruster. It's a space dog. How you <laughs> expect it to breathe and get around without those things, I don't, Mike? I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just what it's a very funny <laughs> image to see a dog with thrusters and a space helmet going after a delivery bike. Fair basically. enough. But yeah, they're being chased by this dog and then they fly by this crater and that big worm thing from Empire Strikes Back comes yes. up and, and eats it. <laughs> and it's just so unexpected and a great callback to the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Perfect. Also, um, also the, the sound the dog makes as it's being chomped is like the saddest thing, but most hilarious thing in the world. Well... Dog things are going to be sadder. Just wait for it next season. Uh, Ooh, anyways, man. yep, calling it like I see it. Our, so our, our Mike is a jerk spectacular. You'll you'll we'll put a pin in that one. Friends of the podcast will know, including my wife. Uh, they they go by the Blob's house uh, where Brett Blob lives, and they throw a paper through his window. Well, Brett does throw some of his slime onto their stuff. Not not to say like it. It was react action reaction, not sure. It wasn't just like there's Brett. I'm gonna sh- whatever. Sure. Um. And I do also like that they are rolling up a paper where the front page is paper poise win award on slow news day <laughs> because I don't know if it's intentional. I'm assuming it is, but it's such a callback to the old paper boy uh, video game. Mm-hmm where oh, for, I'm sure. so, for some reason like the news was always about the paper boy delivering the news 
It's very, very so, self-referential. So I, I always assumed it was kind of a Paperboy reference. I, I think it's safe to assume. Um, I just remember playing a lot of Paperboy when I was a kid and always being like, why is the news always about this kid? <laughs> He's just too darn good I mean, so, or bad at his job. I mean, sometimes you throw a paper at a robber who is holding up a bank and everything's fine after that. Or you throw a paper at a runaway baby cart, carriage, that thing, and it stops the baby because papers do everything. And so, yeah, you should be in the news for that. But sometimes it's just like, paper boy got fired today. And I'm like, shut up, paper. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm bad at this game. The, the, I, can you imagine a world in which front page news was, the paper boy was fired? Like, not even... like. I understand news is generally, you know, the bad news makes people click on it or read it or whatever, but how how inconsequential. Like, at that point, why are there newspapers? Anyways, I apologize for going on this giant paperboy <laughs> rant, um, but also kind of not sorry. Uh, it's tangential. So, yes, it's at this point where Dwight and Kubert literally roll a wheelbarrow full of money mm-hmm. into planet express and they're like we finally make more money than you guys do we've got a million subscribers mm-hmm. uh right before that uh hermes reveals that business is down for for planet express so it looks like uh-huh. the co- competition's not it's going one way certainly hermes also points out to the kids that even if they're making a whole lot of money, you still don't have your own building or conference table or one of those things and points over at Zoidberg. And Zoidberg is like, hello. <laughs> like Zoidberg looking over and just saying hello and waving is, it makes that. I, look, I'm still hashtag Team Bender mm-hmm. all the way, uh, but uh, I will never get uh, tired of the little jokes where people just point at or reference Zoidberg and he's just like, Hey, what's like just super casual? <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, like every time we will so com- good. We will convert you yet. Blasphemy. So, um, the kids are sitting around and just really upset because their dads are admittedly just like being jerks the whole sure. time. Like if I rolled a wheelbarrow into the room full of money, my dad would be like, "Hey, that's awesome." fantastic yeah Um, i think i think most people would probably be like that's awesome right so they're just really upset that their dads are being real jerks about it and so they uh (laughs) dwight actually is like all right well it's time for strategy dwight lightning Mm -hmm. cubert says sure but next time i name the strategies so it turns out that dwight lightning is a scheme in which they take over the company Mm -hmm. based on the fact that the professor declared himself dead three years ago as a tax dodge. Mm -hmm. I I actually, my my plan had come from the show, and it just happens that you also did the same thing. The professor didn't really declare himself dead. He just took a nap in a park, and people declared him dead. Mm -hmm. Fry thoughtlessly blurts out, to the professor that they don't work for them anymore they got Mm -hmm. jobs working with awesome express in fact leela was like i don't know how to say it so i'm gonna let fry blurt it out so the remaining crew is no it's nobody but 
Zoidberg, Scruffy, and I think Amy's there. Amy's there. Okay. Their crack team of loyal dregs. <laughs> uh, Scruffy gets to deliver his uh, I'm Scruffy, the janitor, because Hermes doesn't recognize him. And then Hermes tries to get him to do something or like, we're going to take the company back. And Scruffy's like, I'm on break. And, and he eats... <laughs> It's a single potato chip, and it takes about 45 seconds, it feels like. And he's just, he's meticulous in everything he does, whether it's reading zero-G jugs, whether it's eating a bag of potato chips. Like, he's a man who takes uh-huh. his time. He- if something is worth doing, it's worth doing right. And, and that means time. He, he puts the potato chip on his tongue, waits for a beat, brings it into his mouth, chews once, beat choose again like that's that's the level of and you get the crunch every couple like every few seconds it's it's truly an amazing way to eat some potato chips welcome to the podcast where we talk about how cartoon characters eat potato chips i'm just saying like scruffy is we're gonna overanalyze anything scruffy does oh no he's he's the best i'm just I totally assume like, that people tune into this podcast to hear about Scruffy eating potato chips. Oh, I'm 100% they do at this point. What I'm saying, though, is that... even the, Team Scruffy eating potato e- chips. Even though we may <laughs> squabble over Team Zoyberg or Team Bender, we're all Team Scruffy underneath. That's beautiful, Mike. Truly beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I can bring that beauty into our podcast. So the kids now control the building. They have the ship, uh, which is now being painted in a bright red color. With flame decals that Hubert got in his cereal. They make the ship go faster. They're very large decals for being in a in cereal. Maybe he got a big cereal. He is a big boy. There's also a good bit where, as uh, the professor and Hermes are leaving the building... Uh, Zoidberg pops out of the dumpster and is like, there but for the grace of God. And then just goes back in it. Like, he's literally got a banana peel yeah. on his head. It truly... I, I think I had that written down, too. So it's just it's just an incredible moment. Uh, let's see. Oh, this, this is going to be rough because my I kind of just zoned out and stopped taking notes here. Okay, good. Not, not entirely, but they're not good notes. Okay, so... I'll- <laughs> I'll take on the structural parts of Back to the Future drama now. Um, so Bender uh, thinks it's time for beer extraction. I don't want to say it any other way because that seems weird. Uh, Fry calls Leela to get coasters and cold mugs. <laughs> um, they extract the beer into bottles, and Bender says it's trying to feels like he's trying to push a waterbed out of him. Fry happily pronounces it an ale, five gallons, six ounces. Uh, it's labeled as Bender Brow Cold Fusion Steam Beer, and it has Bender on the label saying, let's get drunk. I'd drink it. I would too. So uh, at this point, Hubert and Dwight come in after having, quote, just delivered a million papers. This is a delivery company, not a delivery room. We just spend an hour delivering a million papers, and this is how you greet us? With a bunch of frosty cold beers? <laughs> Oh, to be 12. The, actually, no. I'm the good. indignancy, right? Because we can actually drink those frosty cold beers. Th- the that image is not frowned upon by us doing a podcast. The indignant nature of the, his delivery of, this is how you greet us with a bunch of frosty <laughs> cold beers? It's a very good line it's, reading. It's, it's perfect. It's so good. 
Fry does uh, do a very intelligent thing and asks how they delivered a million papers in an hour. And right around then, all the phones start going off um, because, and Leela picks up that first one and she's like, you haven't gotten your paper in how long? I, I believe she answers the phone with well, <laughs> Awesome Express, the rude, crude delivery dudes. Yeah, it man, it sucks when you work for a place and you have to answer the phone in ridiculous ways. I've <laughs> been there, Leela. I get it. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, at this point, all the other phones start going off. And it turns out that instead of delivering the papers, they have just been dumping them all in a crater on the moon. Mm-hmm. Which in itself is pretty impressive, if I'm going to be honest. But it does not get customers their papers. So they run off to their dads, who are at uh, Hermes' place, uh, sulking over pretty much their entire life. Sure. Uh, Hermes and the professor reveal that they're proud of them for ruining them with sleazy business practices and a complete disregard for human decency. And then the professor says, let's go do a little father-son weaseling out of this. That's a good line. It's very good. I like that line. I do plan on using that someday myself. When my son does something that we need to weasel ourselves out of. I approve. So your wife may approve less, but... Oh, definitely will not approve whatsoever. So they get in the Planet Express ship, which is now painted its normal color. I'm just now realizing as I said that. Oh, yeah. I've literally never noticed that before until talking about it right here in this moment. But it's it's back to that normal teal color. It is. I didn't even think of that. It's a good point weird hmm so well it was spray paint so maybe it came off in some kind of rain i don't know how spray paint works especially on spacecraft and it's a good question for all of us so they uh get in the ship they go to the moon and get all gather up all the papers in this big net that the (laughs) professor had installed for catching drafts uh yes he certainly did Yep. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about There's, that. I don't know what else you can say about that, really. I mean, why are you capturing giraffes? Like, I d- I'd rather... It's yeah. the professor I'd rather not know. A solid point. See, um, that's the difference. Bender, you at least know what he's up to. That's <laughs> true. The professor's just, like, secretive. He's mm-hmm. gathering drafts for something. It's the plan G for giraffes. Dial G for giraffe. I, I really prefer that they went for they went for that the real t- the current title instead of Dial G for giraffes when it when it came to Dial M for murder it would have been a would have been an interesting uh, reason uh, the 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 movie would have felt a little different I think they gather up all the papers they load them into this gun yeah the ship has guns now and just shoot all of the papers at the houses and somehow managed to like not damage anything in the process uh there's some damage there's denting of doors there's some breaking of car windows wow they, i really did zone out didn't they, I? they knock a, a boy off of a well yes that little what's that name of that i don't know because didn't, we didn't mention him before um there's a, a book like a, a some french it's french because he's a little he, boy standing on the meteor or whatever he, he, well he gets knocked off the meteor and goes au revoir well, yes, but I was talking about what is the name of the boy standing on the meteor. Well, I'm but... saying that it's some it's it's a f- French book or something, right? French origin. But then, yes, he does get shot off of the meteor. So, so no damage. A okay, little bit of damage. So, 
I don't. I was thinking about a frosty cold beer. Obviously, hard to argue that point. So, uh, Dwight asks to use the gun, and Hermie says, "What kind of a father would I be if I said no?" And puts him in the gun. puts puts him in the gun. <laughs> he puts him at the controls for the gun. That makes more sense. So <laughs> it's a Dwight gun now. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, so they celebrate because there's only one house to go. Seems like an odd time to stop at a million papers. Stopping at that one last one. Yeah, yeah. It's but, it's you have to s- celebrate right before the success actually happens. Exactly. That's the best time for success parties. But they have that one left, and it's Brett Blob's house. You you know, I, I'm just going back on your last thing. I actually like I celebrated my graduation from college before I finished college i walked before i finished all my classes see yeah so i guess i understand yeah see you got this i i never thought about it in those terms until now (laughs) it's like huh so in this moment i am also dwight and cubert it's at this point that they fess up to breaking the window and uh i don't remember which of the dad says it but I think it's Hermes, mm-hmm. but uh, he's like, now when you break a window, what do you do? We pay for it? No, we apologize with nice, cheap words. <laughs> they go to the blob house uh, and uh, ask for the dad. And uh, the hor- horrible gelatinous blob comes in and tells them to shove their apology through through their at the bottom end of their one-way digestive tract. I don't want to know how a two-way digestive system works. I'm... Plenty good with not knowing that. Or two or more ways. I mean, really. An omni way. And I don't... Nope, I don't... He is a gelatinous blob. So, yeah, he gives the the insult about uh, two-way digestive system, one-way digestive... The, you know, the, the thing I was the, just the, talking you about. Know, I got distracted systems. by digestive systems. So Don't we all, Ben? Oh, don't we no, all? No, we do not. So, <laughs> we... Uh, Yes, he gives that line, and then uh, the professor and Hermes start fighting him because, like, well, I think they start fighting him is an interesting way of putting this beat down. Well, yeah, because he's they like, go into fight and then get destroyed. They're still fighting him; they're just losing. Okay, fair enough. They are engaged in combat, and they are being man utterly destroyed. Absolutely. Um, and eventually they just straight up get digested he just eats them mm-hmm. up and they're floating in their like hor- horrible gelatinous blob tends to do tends to do uh at the taco bellevue hospital which by the way that has urine cups uh urine samples and collectible nascar cups nope no thank you uh both both professor and hermes are in full body casts and uh dwight's like you almost had them until he digested you you know, that's a pretty good uh, synopsis of what just happened. Almost had him is uh, still pretty generous. Um, that's true. And Hermes is like, if I could feel anything right now, it'd be pride. And then they hug them. Hubert <laughs> and, and Dwight hug their dads. And he's like, no, oh, I can still feel pain. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, the The blobs come in, Brett and his father. And I believe it is the professor's like, oh, no, he's back to finish the job. Quick, throw me out the window. Uh, horrible gelatinous blob explains that he's really he was really in a bad place because 
they're bringing in machines in the 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 office to like uh increase productivity and you know he's worried about his job and all of that sure and as as we all are really and it doesn't excuse what he did and he brought his son to point out like you know this is how real men need to settle their arguments yeah and then it's at this point bender comes in with a whole cooler full of beer and is like hey i heard you were on the ass end of an ass kicking <laughs> so i figured you could use some of these and everybody, all all the adults in the room, just kick a couple of beers back, mm-hmm. uh, and and they they feel like uh, they shared, they taught the, their sons a lesson about using their words. It then pans over to the son who has digested Cubert and Dwight, and with that, we end the episode. And that means it's time for grades. So this episode is is. Is very it's very good. It's very funny. It's the the B plot is very solid, and even with the A plot, there is a lot of jokes intertwined in there. There's, but you also get a lot little, little interesting like dad feeling, son feeling, the the whole feelings of, well, my son is you know eclipsing myself as a father, and then the the stress of the son not feeling that his dad is being is proud of him, and there's a lot a lot of actual real you know parent son child feelings there that are actually explored in a very interesting way okay at least in my opinion um and there's a lot of good jokes in it you've got there's there is a lack of zoidberg but you know what are you gonna do we do get a good good scruffy bit um I, i i think i think it's a very good episode to me um it's probably not the top tier but it's and it's mostly inconsequential, but uh, it's not one I would say I don't want to watch this, or if it comes on, I'd watch it, certainly. Um, so I think I'd give it a B plus. Okay. I I really do love every last moment of that B plot, where they're making beer, and it just gets over-the-top ridiculous with this bender being pregnant sort of thing. It's phenomenal, and I love it. It's also a very short B plot, though. Like as far as B plot goes, it crops up, and then it's it's done. Yeah, and and at the end, it tries to intermingle, which is it's moderately successful, I'd yeah. say. Um, as for the A plot, I really don't care for Qbert. Uh, Dwight's okay. I don't have anything against Dwight. Mm-hmm. Um. And in fact, he's got some some pretty good uh, stuff in later episodes for sure. Um, but I don't really care for Dwight, and maybe I'm just not feeling that like weird Futurama esque father son bond thing. Sure, but the, I mean the whole time the professor and Hermes are as insufferable as their children because they're just complaining the whole time or being condescending to their own offspring. And it's just, it's not as much of an episode for me. I do still think it's very funny. There's a lot of very good uh, jokes and and stuff in it. Um, But it gets a little tiresome for me with with the professor and Hermes. And so I'm only going to give it as high as a C plus. Okay. That's certainly a valid way to look at it as well. As far as uh, grades go, we're always interested to know what you all think about uh, the various episodes we talk about. 
uh, whether you agreed with us or not. So if you would like to get in contact with us, there are plenty of ways to do that. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And we are also on Apple Podcasts. So find us there, rate us, review us, subscribe to us, and heck, even share it with your friends. And that way we can all discuss the giant wheelbarrow of money that that I brought into the studio today. Yeah. And you know, if you like this episode, uh, share it with your friends. And if you hated this episode, share it with your enemies. Yeah. Because you know, either way, uh, either way you're wasting some, (laughs) some hour of time for somebody. And really that's all we can ask for in this life. So, uh, I think that'll do it for us. So until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.